the UC Wrestling Podcast presents the Monday Night Raw Review. Hello everyone and welcome back to another UC Wrestling Podcast. Today we're going to be reviewing Monday Night Raw and um, from this past Monday and we've got quite a few things to cover um, such as Heath Slater's return to Raw and um, Kyrie Sane doesn't seem to be leaving WWE anytime soon. MVP unveils a new United States Championship. We will find out the stipulation for the Rey Mysterio v Seth Rollins match at Extreme Rules Horror Show. Bobby Lashley and MVP face off against Ricochet and Alexander. Orton Andrade and Garza face off against Big Show and the Viking Raiders. Billy Kay faces off against Ruby Riot. And we have a champion versus champion main event between Bailey and Oscar. So we've got quite a few things to get into um, in this podcast. And we'll be right back after the break to cover all these things. Thank you for listening to the UC Wrestling Podcast. Hello and welcome back. And now we're going to be covering Monday Night Raw. And we're going to kick off with the first segment that happened on Raw this week. And this was um, Drew McIntyre um, kicking off Monday Night Raw um, by coming down to the ring. And um, the whole point of this was we were all expecting Dolph Ziggler to reveal this stipulation for um, the WWE Championship match at Extreme Rules between Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler. And so Drew McIntyre came to the ring and basically... Um, called out Ziggler to ask what the stipulation was and Dolph Ziggler came out and said that he didn't want Drew McIntyre to know the stipulation until Extreme Rules because he didn't want to give the champ an advantage um, or any time to prepare for the stipulation so it's quite a smart move from the challenger and it kind of makes sense I mean it kind of builds up you know some sort of um, tension and you know curiosity as to what Dolph Ziggler is going to pick as the stipulation um, there's been a few rumours out there that it could be like um, the Drew McIntyre is not allowed to use, use the Claymore um, and various things like that, which could be quite inter- interesting. But I'm happy WWE are keeping um, their cards close to their chest here and we're sort of waiting to extreme rules to find it out because there are a few other matches and have stipulations that we already know about. So it's good for to keep one of the matches, you know, um, sort of a, a little secret, um, which is interesting. So... To be honest, I'm looking forward to Extreme Rules to find out um, what Dolph Ziggler chooses. Um, and then we find out that Dolph Ziggler brought Heath Slater with him. And Heath Slater's not been on TV for about maybe more than four or five months. And there was obviously rumours that um, after Carl Hawkins got released that he will too be released. Um, so um, but Heath Slater's back on Raw. And... Um, yeah, he came out and um basically confronted Drew McIntyre. Um, well, Ziggler was um you know sitting in the corner, um, and obviously Heath Slater and McIntyre have their history. They used to be close friends and used to be teammates as well. Um, but yeah, obviously Heath Slater wasn't too happy with McIntyre as well. He McIntyre wasn't being a good friend to him, and McIntyre wasn't there for Heath Slater when he was down and when Heath Slater was losing a lot. And um, then Heath Slater demanded a match of Drew McIntyre um, after, you know, slapping Drew McIntyre in the face, um, which meant Drew McIntyre obviously accepted because it's Drew McIntyre, he always accepts a challenge. And um, 
So yeah, we got a match between Drew McIntyre and Heath Slater. Dolph Ziggler was still on the outside, hadn't said a word, which was quite confusing. Um, but yeah, basically Drew McIntyre claymored Heath Slater in about five seconds. Um, so yeah, quite, quite interesting. It was quite a quick match. I mean, I, I kind of wasn't expecting a long match anyway. I mean, it's Heath Slater. I mean, this whole point of this was to make McIntyre look strong and like a badass. And then after the match had ended, Ziggler came in to, you know, get annoyed at Heath Slayer because Heath Slayer had lost the match with McIntyre and started beating him up. And then when Ziggler started to beat up, um, Heath Slayer, McIntyre came to the rescue and then we got the whole reunion between, well, not, not reunion, but we sort of got like, you know, the friends ended up hugging it out, Heath Slayer and McIntyre, all that stuff. And obviously the common enemy and Dolph Ziggler, it was kind of what we all expected here, to be honest. Um, so, obviously, we've got we've still got um, McIntyre and Ziggler um, for Extreme Rules in the future, but what is next for Heath Slater? Honestly, I could not tell you. I have no clue what's next for Heath Slater. I don't really know what they can do with him as a solo. Um, I don't really know what they do. I am interested to see what they will do, but I can't really think of anything off the top of my mind that they can just throw Heath Slater in right now. Um, maybe they keep him involved in this Drew v Dolph feud. I mean, Extreme Rules is only two weeks away anyway, so there's not really much he can do in that amount of time. But maybe another segment with him in it, and I'd be alright with that. Um, but as I said before in past Raws, this whole Ziggler McIntyre thing is really just sort of a you know a filler match to get McIntyre to SummerSlam as the champion. And I've already discussed um in the past past few weeks that I think McIntyre will. Um, either face Randy Orton or he will face Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar in a triple threat match. It's one of the two. Um, so yeah, we will find out after Extreme Rules as to what that's going to be. In terms of this Extreme Rules match against um, Dolph Ziggler, really, I'm looking forward to the match. Ziggler's a great competitor. McIntyre's a great competitor. The storyline's there and the match will be good. So I'm looking forward to it. Even though we kind of already know who's going to win, I'm still looking forward to the match and we'll we'll see where it goes. So... Yeah, really looking forward to McIntyre v Ziggler. And let's see what's next for Heath Slater. Thank you for listening to the UC Wrestling Podcast. Now we're going to discuss um, the continuation of the feud between Bailey, um, Oscar, and Sasha Banks. Um, and obviously, um, the main event of Raw was going to be Bailey. Um, versus Oscar in a champion versus champion match, and um, but first we got um Bailey and Sasha Banks coming out to the ring for a promo, and basically, the both of them had a really fun promo talking about you know how each of them are the best and they kept boasting about about themselves and stuff. And to be quite honest, I I really really enjoy these two, probably my favorite um women's like division. Um, characters at the moment really really enjoying what they're doing really really good heels and I'm really invested in them at the moment and they're making those women's tag titles really really relevant Um, I am happy Bailey is defending the Smackdown women's title against Nikki Cross at Extreme Rules because then we we're starting to make the Smackdown women's title as more relevant um, because obviously it hasn't been defended in a while so that is also good but I think the main focus here is on um, Sasha Banks and Oscar. so um, when Bailey and Sasha Banks were boasting um, about themselves, um, Oscar interrupted, and um, Bailey and Sasha kept going on about how 
um, Oscar. There's no way Oscar's going to come into the ring by herself again and beat them two up two on one. Um, but then Oscar um, brought out Carrie Sane, um, which was a little surprising because I've I've heard rumours that Carrie Sane's going to be um, leaving WWE soon and going back to Japan to be with her husband, and um, which I can't believe. Um, but there's also been rumours as well that she's gonna can, she's gonna be part of this Oscar and Sasha Banks feud until um at the end of Extreme Rules and then she'll leave. So we don't really know um what's what the future holds for Kyrie Sane just yet. But what we do know is that she's still around right now, um for this feud between Oscar and Sasha Banks. Um obviously, um Kyrie Sane being out um with an injury that um Nia Jax gave her um five weeks ago. So um she's back now for this feud and this ended up that um Kyrie Sane had a one on one match with Sasha Banks and um this was your a really a really good match. Sasha Banks dominated most of it and then when Kyrie Sane started to build momentum and was almost about to beat Sasha Banks, um Bailey came in and DQ'd the match and then obviously that just made Oscar angry so Oscar came and attacked Bailey, then Sasha Banks attacked Oscar um and then Banks and Bailey got out of the ring, which allowed Kyrie Sane to hit the insane elbow on both of the women's tag team champions um from the top rope. Um, and this real this ended in a no no contest obviously so um this was really just to build up more tension for the main event between Bailey and Oscar um which was good so I'm happy with how that went and obviously I will go in um, more depth about what I think of the main event later on in the podcast. We are now going to um jump forward to the next segment on Raw, um, and this was the continuation of um, the Rey Mysterio and Seth Rollins feud. Um, and on Raw, um, we already had a, a scheduled match between um, Alistair, I think it was Alistair Black, can't mind, it was Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy versus Alistair Black and Rey Mysterio. Yes, so Rey Mysterio was scheduled to be, you know, clear, medically cleared to compete. Um, so that match was already scheduled for later on in the night. And um, but before that, um, we had Seth Rollins joining um Kevin Owens on the Kevin Owens show, um, and obviously um with Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins having this history, um, he obviously disagrees in a few things. Obviously, Kevin Owens saying that he beat Seth Rollins, and then you know, Seth Rollins talked about how Owens's motto was about fighting and how he should be fighting for the greater good, like Seth Rollins is. And we had this back and forth, back and forth. And then finally, we got Seth um, Seth Rollins' um, opponent for Extreme Motion Mysterio coming out with his son Dominic. And um, yeah, I mean, basically this led to um, Rey Mysterio um, asking Seth Rollins to have a, a tag team match. Um, so basically this tag team match was to... Um, allow the winner to pick the stipulation for extreme rules. Um so yeah, um this was obviously between Rey Mysterio's and sorry not Rey Mysterio's Rey Mysterio and Kevin Owens um and Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy because Alistair Black was um attacked um by I believe Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy. I mean who else would it be? Um so yeah, Kevin Owens said to you know he he won a piece of Seth Rollins because you know Seth Rollins made it mad um, so yeah, um, this match was good. It was probably like five minutes or something. It was it was an okay match, and um, 
Rey Mysterio pinned Buddy Murphy, which was the right call. You want to make Rey Mysterio look strong. I don't think Rey Mysterio's looked that strong over the past few weeks because, well, he's not been, um, you know, competing in the ring. Um, so it's good that Rey Mysterio got the win, and it's good that Seth Rollins wasn't the one that got pinned here. Um, so both look strong. Um, so yeah, Rey Mysterio won, won, won the tag match, and he was allowed to pick the stipulation, and... He decided that the stipulation um, that he's going to put on his match against Seth Rollins at Extreme Rules was an eye for an eye match, which um, basically means that the only way to win um, is to extract one of your opponent's eyes, um, which left Seth Rollins, Buddy Murphy, and even Kevin Owens in absolute shock. Um, I mean, my thoughts on the stipulation is it kind of makes sense. This is meant to be Extreme Rules, the horror show, so... Having a match like this kind of makes sense. Same with the Swamp Pit um, match as well. It kind of does all add up a bit. Um, I'm intrigued to see how the ending... I will, I am looking forward to the match itself because both are really good, really, really talented wrestlers. However, I am more intrigued um, to see how they end um, the match and, you know, who went, like, you know, how Seth Rollins wins because, let's be real here, um, I think Seth Rollins is going to win. And... Um, to be quite honest, um, it's probably the right right um decision to make Seth Rollins win here. He needs to win. Um, he's not won in a while, and you know, he is such a big big name, and he needs to pick up more victories. And um, Seth Rollins, sorry, Rey Mysterio is rumored to be leaving WWE very soon, so it kind of makes sense. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to this match. I mean, it will be interesting. We'll probably get um Dominic and Black and Humberto and Murphy and and Fury. Um, all involved in this as well, um, which I want to add on here a little second. Austin Fury's not been in Raw for two weeks now, so I'm not sure if he will appear at Extreme Rules. Um, I think the reason he is off TV is possibly for these allegations he's been having for, um, uh, you know, a particular incident he was involved in. So, um, yeah, that's probably the reason he's not been, you know, on Raw for a while. Obviously, Humberto, um, you know, got badly injured a few weeks ago. I think it was last week even, so he's not on TV either. Um, so yeah, um, yeah, I'm interested to see how this works. Um, if they're going to turn Dominic heel, the probably the best way they're going to do this is you know make Dominic can um, make Ray lose his other eye, and that's how Ray is cut off TV or even leaves WWE. Um, which would be the perfect send off. Maybe not um, in Rey Mysterio's eyes, but from a viewer's perspective, Rey Mysterio's son ending Rey Mysterio's career. And making Dominic a monster heel would be such a good way to play it. And making him join <coughs> Seth Rollins' um, stable. And that would be really, really good. I would probably give Extreme Rules a 10 out of 10 if they did that. Not going to lie to you. Um, so yeah, I'm intrigued to see how they play this. And I'm looking forward to this eye for an eye match. I mean, it should be pretty fun. Um, but as I said before, I'm, I'm more intrigued to see how they you know, do the ending for this match. How... Violent are they going to make this um, ending, which is really what I'm, well, I'm not concerned about it, but I'm just, you know, really wondering um, what what lengths Vince um, is willing to go to um, in this match. So that's, you know, something we've got, we've got to have to wait for, Extreme Rules. Thank you for listening to the UC Wrestling Podcast. So now we're going to discuss um, the new design for the United States Championship, um, which MVP revealed on Raw. Um, 
and we're basically going to walk through this segment and we're going to discuss what I'm going to discuss, like my opinions and like the new title and the new design and what I think of it. Um, so MVP came into the ring with Bobby Lashley and MVP basically said that he was going to unveil a new United States Championship design and because he pinned Apollo Crews last week in non-title action, he said that he is the uncrowned United States Championship. Sorry, not championship, champion. So, um, he unveiled the new United States title and basically claimed that it was his. Um, so yeah, um, he basically, you know, claimed that um, this new look to the title, it, this belt was his. Um, going into his match against Apollo Crews at Extreme Mode, which was made um, official on Raw. And that Apollo v MVP for the US title is happening at Extreme Rules. Um, um, just before we jump into what happens next, I'm going to basically give my brief thoughts on the new title design. I'm going to say that this belt is probably, um, it's it's up it's, it's in my top three bit most favorite. It's my it's in my top three favorite favorite belts in WWE at the moment. It was a it's a really really nice design, and it's better than um the IC title design. And that is saying a lot because the IC title design is really, really good, the new one. So, um, not going to lie in my opinion, there are a few other titles that deserve redesigns. Um, other than the U- I think the US title was good as it was. Um, I feel like, you know, championships such as the, the Raw and SmackDown women's and the, the Raw and SmackDown tag titles um, could do with a little mix-up. Um, but the US title, fair enough. Um, but I'm loving the new design. It feels like a more pre- prestigious belt. It me- it feels like it means more than it did. Um, the design's really, really professional um, than the last one. So I'm really, really happy with the belt. And because the belt is so good, it makes me, you know, more interested in the US title stuff now, um, which is always a, a nice little bonus. Um... But after MVP claimed that he was the uncrowned US champion and revealed this new look to the US title, um, Ricochet and Alexander um, interrupted and um, this led to a, a tag match between um, them and Bobby Lashley and MVP. Um, so yeah, I mean, this this match was really good. You know, Ricochet and Alexander, really, really good athletes, put a really, really solid fight against um, Lashley and MVP. Um, but obviously... Uh, there is no stopping Lashley at the moment. He is an absolute beast. And um, he basically turned Alexander inside out with a spear um, to pick up the victory. And I'm just saying, though, Bobby Lashley's spears are clean. They're actually really, really, like, I, you know, I actually always want to, you know, um, go back a bit and re- re-watch his spears because they're really, really, really good and very, very clean. And literally took Alexander inside out and um, yeah, I mean, Ricochet. Um, well, when Bobby Lashley was about to put the full Nelson in on Cedric Alexander, Ricochet came to the rescue and managed to save Alexander. And I presume this is going to um, continue because obviously, um, Ricochet and Alexander are Apollo Cruz's friends, and they want to help them out. So, um, yeah, um, I mean, I presume. Um, um, next week we'll probably get Shelton Benjamin MVP and Lashley versus Alexander Ricochet and Apollo. Um, so we'll probably get that next week. Um, leading to MVP B Apollo at Extreme Rules. I um in terms of predicting for that match, I will be releasing a Extreme Rules predictions video. Um, the night before Extreme Rules. So go and and um, check out that when it comes out to 
you know, find out what I think is going to happen at Extreme Rules um, and what's going to happen in this United States title match. Um, so, yeah. Um, there was obviously a backstage interview with, well, not an interview, a segment um, where MVP basically asked, um, you know, Cedric Alexander to reconsider his options um, like he did to Apollo Crews, basically trying to get Alexander to join him in the stable. Um, so there was obviously a little tease there. Um, a lot touching that. Um, I'd rather Alexander didn't join MVP. I love MVP. I love his stables. But I feel like Alexander just, for me, would be really weird seeing him as a heel. Because I feel like Alexander is such a good babyface. Like he's such a big babyface as well. And I just feel like turning him heel probably would be a little weird for a while. So I'd rather they maybe just kept him the way he was for now. Um, so yeah, really um, good segment. I'm really enjoying the US title stuff at the moment. And I mean... We'll look forward to Extreme Rules and see who comes out with the new designed United States title. Thank you for listening to the UC Wrestling Podcast. We are now going to touch on the ongoing feud between The Big Show and Randy Orton and the tag team title picture. Um, so this week in Raw we had um, a six-man tag match between um, Big Show, The Viking Raiders, and um, Garza Andrade and Randy Orton and this is obviously to tie up um, some feuds um, obviously Garza Andrade picked up the win against the Viking Raiders last week um, and obviously Big Show um, wants to end Randy Orton's career um, so it seems so we got this tag match and um, yeah I mean I kind of thought Garza Andrade would just go right for the Raw tag titles now but it seems um, the Street Profits haven't appeared on TV for two weeks in a row now, so I don't know if we're going to be doing that at Extreme Rules. Um, I'm not too sure. Um, I think we might be waiting until SummerSlam. I'm not, not 100% sure, but the Viking Raiders anyway had unfinished business with them, so that's why we had this match. Um, obviously, Big Show wanted his hands on Randy Orton, and um, obviously, before the match, Randy Orton talked about how, you know, Andrade and Garza can, cannot mess this up. Um... And, well, during the match, Andrade and Garza um, had got an argument again. This was caused by Angel Garza. And there was a really, really funny moment in this where Garza was getting so angry at Andrade that Randy Orton snapped and shouted at Garza straight at the face um, to get on with the job um, and not screw this up for him. And for the rest of the match, I've never seen Andrade and Garza work so good as a team before. <laughs> I feel like Randy Orton's words words were very, very meaningful and, you know, Garza and Andrade were a team again. So I do like that. Um, and then obviously at the end, um, Randy Orton managed to um, sneak in and RKO Eric for the 1-2-3. And the interesting part thing about this match was that Big Show did not get his hands on Randy Orton once in this match. Um, so we're obviously going to get Randy Orton v Big Show at Extreme Rules and that's when Big Show will finally get his hands on Randy Orton. Um, so yeah I'm looking forward to that match I mean it's obviously to build Randy Orton up even more obviously um, in terms of the Raw, it's the Raw tag title picture um, that's two weeks in a row now where the Viking Raiders have lost in a match um, up against the Garza and Andrade so I feel as though Garza and Andrade will probably um, you know, be calling out the Street Profits next week on Raw um, because we haven't seen the Street Profits in two weeks now so that probably is an indicator that the Street Profits will be back in TV probably next week. So, yeah, we'll see what Garza and Andrade have to say. 
and we'll probably get Ramash at Extreme Rules, or if WWE are delaying this um, because they don't have anything planned for SummerSlam, then we'll probably be getting this match at SummerSlam at one point. Um, I wouldn't be surprised though if we even got like a Garza Andrade v Viking Raiders number one contendership match um, for, for the tag titles at SummerSlam. Um, maybe something like that. Um, if, if if that's the case, I'd rather that was the case than however having like you know raw tag, no raw tag title match, or title picture match. If you get me, um, I'd rather have some sort of a match than none at all. So, if they do that, I'll be fine with it, because they seem to be having a little mini feud with the Raiders at the moment. So, um, and may and also mini feud um within themselves as a, as a tag team. So, but maybe it's Randy Orton maybe solved it now. I'm not too sure, but. Yeah, we'll see how this um, continues in the coming weeks in Raw. We are now going to move on to um, the second last segment on Raw, um, which was um, a match between Billy Kay and Ruby Riot. So obviously last week Billy Kay defeated Ruby Riot um, in the one-on-one contest. Um, and this is obviously about, you know, Ruby Riot. Um, you know, com- coming to the aid of well, Liv Morgan wanting to be a tag team again. Liv Morgan, you know, said, you know, didn't really want to talk to Ruby Riot. And now Ruby Riot, um, you know, stepped up to the Iconics and lost to Billy Kay. And she lost again tonight, um, last week, this past Monday, um, against Billy Kay. And um, the interesting stat is that this is um, Ruby Riot's um, 11th loss in a row. Um, so. As I discussed with Travis last week, I feel as though um, Liv Morgan's in the losing streak, Ruby Riot's in the losing streak, so maybe this means there'll be a tag team and they'll be pushed for a tag title push. Which, as we said last week um, on the podcast review, um, but I'm really, really down with that. I would actually get behind Ruby Riot and Liv Morgan if they, WWE were going to do that storyline. So um, I know she's lost again to Billy Kay, but again, you got to think of the bigger picture. Iconics are looking stronger than they were after losing a few tag title matches and we're building a story here between Ruby Riot, Love Morgan and the Iconics so it kind of all works out pretty well. Um, the, match, the match itself was like three minutes, it wasn't anything special, it was pretty boring, not going to lie, but the whole point of this um, is to build the Iconics and to you know create more sympathy for Ruby Riot and maybe start a storyline there with Ruby Riot and Love Morgan as underdogs, which I am all for. Um, if WWE want to do that, um, then they they can do that. I'd be really, really behind that if they do it. So, yeah, we'll again tune into Raw next week and see if Blood Morgan maybe makes an appearance. Maybe if Liv, maybe if the Iconics um, get into Ruby Riot's business again, maybe do we get Liv Morgan um, coming to the end of Ruby Riot this time, like, and they come together as a tag team again. Um, Another interesting point I found on Raw Talk after the show um, is that Ruby Riot claims that she never dumped Liv Morgan from the Riot Squad. Um, so there's always that um, little part of the story you can add in there as well. So yes, I'm really excited to turn into Raw next week to see how um, that, that storyline continues. And finally, we're going to um, discuss the main event of Monday Night Raw. And this was obviously the you know, the titled champion versus champion match between um, Bailey and the SmackDown Women's Champion Bailey and the Raw Women's Champion Oscar. Um, this is obviously to build for Oscar V Banks at Extreme Rules. Um, 
And I swear I've been seeing so many champion versus champion matches lately. It's actually quite insane. Um, but yeah. What can I say about this match? Um, well, the thing I can say about this match is a certain Nicky Cross. So obviously we have a building to bail leaving Nicky Cross at Extreme Rules. And um, I'm... A bit disappointed by this. Don't get me wrong. I love Nikki Cross. She's a really, really good character. She's really funny, and she's a lot. She's got a lot going on, going on for her right now. And I am, you know, really looking forward to Bailey v. Nikki Cross, Extreme Rules. Um, but Nikki Cross is on SmackDown WWE, not Raw. And um, over the past few weeks, I've actually kind of seen that you know. Being the women's tag team champion isn't only um about being the women's tag team champions. It gives you the ability to go to every brand and experience every brand um, whenever you want. And I feel the fact that Nikki Cross is on Raw kind of just takes that privilege of being the women's tag team championships, that added bonus, and sort of just opens the window and chucks it out the front out the window basically. And it's just kind of like. That's just a big slap in the face for the to the women's tag team champions. You know they have a privilege to be in every brand, but just a randomer from SmackDown just pops on Raw like it's nothing. Um, and I know that there was security guards telling Nick Cross to leave, and we shut Nick Cross in the crowd. But even still, like it just, I kind of just prefer that we had the builds for Oscar and Banks on Raw. And the build for Bailey and Nikki Cross and SmackDown, and I feel like that's I was liking the way they were doing the way they were doing that, but they had to like include Nikki Cross in this, and I just didn't really like it. And I feel like it just defeats the purpose of being the women's tag team champions. I know um, it's more than just floating brands. You are the women's tag team champions. You do have the belts. You do have that prestigious look, but at the same time, that there is a big bonus there. Um, that you can float to all three brands. And Nikki Cross has just made that privilege very, very pointless now. That, you know, even though she's not the champion, the women's tag team champions, she can just go to Raw if she if she wants, you know? Um it's just a bit it's just it's just quite annoying. I feel as though, you know, I liked the way WWE were doing it. Like I was tuning into Raw to get more of Sasha and Oscar and then tuning into SmackDown to see more of Bailey and Nikki Cross. And I liked liked that, but you know it is what it is, really. I kind of hope WWE don't keep doing this. Um, like, I can understand why they had, um, you know, Oscar on SmackDown, um, but, um, you know, interrupting uh, Nikki Cross and uh, Alexa Bliss, but that actually, you know, made sense because Oscar was the women's tag team champion, but here, Nikki Cross is not a tag team champion, so it doesn't really make much sense, but... Anyway, um, I hope WWE don't do this in the coming weeks where Oscar goes to SmackDown and, you know, interferes with Sasha Bank, like the Nikki Cross and Bailey feud. And I hope WWE don't do that, um, to be honest, because, yeah, we've, we've, we've already, we already had that in SmackDown with, you know, Oscar interfering and we had Nikki Cross interfering here. And I just rather WWE just, you know, did it the way they were doing it because it was absolutely fine the way it was. But anyway, to the match. Um so yeah. Cross um basically tried to get on the 
the commentary team. She was kicked out by security. She found her way back in the building. She got into the crowd and um, banging on the, the ringside like glass thing. Um, and then obviously this distracted um, Bailey. Um, and yeah, this led to Oscar gaining the pinfall victory, proving that she um, is the superior champion supposedly in WWE. So yeah, I don't really have much to say. This match wasn't it was it was a it was a good match, but I feel like there was more focus on Nikki Cross here than the than the actual match itself. So for that, I'm not I'm gonna say I didn't really like this at all. Um, and I know we did this in SmackDown, but I feel like um. I was kind of hoping that would just be a one-time thing, but now WWE are doing this again with Nikki Cross floating brands. I'm kind of thinking this is going to become a routine. Um, they're going to do this every week now, and I just really, really do not want WWE to do this. I want to make the women's tag team titles prestigious and worth something, and they're, but they're just not making that. You know, I feel like Bailey and Sasha made those titles really, really relevant, but I feel as though by making people just floating brands now, it just makes the women's tag titles pretty, you know, less meaningful than they were. Um, so, yeah. The match was okay, but again, this gives Oscar the upper hand on Sasha Banks for Extreme Rules. gives Nikki Cross the upper hand. Um, so, we'll probably get um, a bounce back from Bailey and Sasha on SmackDown on Friday. Um, but, yeah, that's going to round up the Raw review. If you guys enjoyed the podcast, um, please um, give it a share and any support would be pre- appreciated. And my raw review for this week is going to be a 7 out of 10.